Hi, I'm Leon Deggs, and I have Man Blues. Well, what does that exactly mean? What is Man Blues? What on earth am I talking about? Well, um, I suppose it taps into the fact that, as a man, um, there's often a certain amount of expectations that are sort of held of men, uh, both by men and women. Um, well, everybody really, uh, you know, to be as inclusive as possible, um, with regards to how a man should conduct themselves or himself, sorry, in uh, in society. Um, so, I mean, I suppose the first question is, what is Man Blues and why on earth would I want to make a podcast about it? Well, for me, Man Blues is very much um, tied quite tightly to the fact that men are just told to get on with things. Um, you know, it's, it's ingrained into a lot of people um, from an early age and also from society that, uh, you know, men shouldn't complain about things and men should just get on with stuff. So when men feel down or ill or whatever, uh, we're just told to get on with it. And, um, you know, and it, it's not a necessarily healthy way of dealing with uh, sort of internalized problems. And um, because if we're not allowed to vocalize them, or rather not, not allowed is perhaps not the correct term, but if we're expected not to vocalize them, um, but we decide to speak about them, then suddenly we're seen as weak, or we're seen as uh, you know, um, they're they're sort of failing character traits, uh, you know, because a man who talks about emotions is, you know, not a man because men don't do that, and that's not what men are supposed to do. Well, who's helping us deal with problems if we're not allowed to talk about them, or not supposed to talk about them? Um, you know, I mean, <clears throat> my son is 18 years old now, and I've. Um, prided myself on the fact that I have explicitly told him not to bottle up his emotions, not to hide things away. Um, and there have been times over his um, sort of life that um, <clears throat> he's not understood my reactions to things. Um, you know, I've had like angry reactions. I've had not aggressive because that's not fair, but, um, you know, kind of like um, ramped up uh, reactions to certain things that he's done or certain things that have gone on that he's not understood. Um, I mean, I, I think it's quite interesting that I'm actually recording this first ever episode on Father's Day. Um, but that's not the reason why uh, Man Blues has been on my mind. Man Blues has been on my mind because um, somebody asked me, I think it was my wife asked me, um, she said, oh yeah, uh, a friend of mine was um, going through problems. Uh, you know, his, his, his father died and um, she found it uh, unusual that a man of my age, as in this friend of mine, would be talking openly about his emotions, about his feelings, um, and she finds it really refreshing um, because I, I would imagine women want men to talk about their feelings, but men just don't feel able, I think. I assume, in my case, not so much. Um, but certainly in the case of my friend, definitely not. Um, he's spoken to me about his emotions. He's cried in front of me. Um, and I think that's testament to the strength of our friendship plus the strength of his belief that I will not mock him um, for opening up and for speaking openly and for crying openly in front of me about the pain he's going through. Um, and I felt massively humbled by that. Um, it, was, it was a genuinely moving moment when he first did it um, because I thought that's where our relationship is. That's where our friendship is. He trusts me. Um, with being able to cry in front of me and, and not be mocked for it 
Um, I, however, have other friends uh, where I know for a fact if I was to open up to them about emotions and feelings and cry in front of them, um, I'd be laughed at, I'd be mocked, I'd be humiliated uh, for even showing any kind of emotion. And there's an expectation on me personally um, because I've had weight issues for many years. Um, ballooning up and down um, lost a lot of weight in 2010 to 2012 uh, went on Slimming World for two years and I lost a lot of weight uh, and I realised just the other day that I actually gained what 80% of it back which is very angry and very frustrating made me very angry I should say um, but there's a friend of mine uh, who has known me all these years has known me going through all these uh, sort of weight problems and going up and downs and things like that um, he is especially one of these gentlemen that were I to say to him what emotional feelings I was going through he'd tell me to shut up and get on with it um, because he doesn't want to hear about it now I kind of postulated a thought process about this where I imagine that the reason why he wants me to shut up about my feelings and my emotions is because he doesn't want to be confronted with his feelings and his emotions probably because he's just keeping everything in a nicely tight screw tight little mason jar sat inside a ribcage where his heart would be and um, not that I'm saying he's in an emotionless person or anything like that but he is very typical of a lot of men I know who find it really difficult to talk about their emotions and talk about what they're going through what they've been through um, it's getting better and better I do have to admit it is getting better I've seen quite a few people who aren't struggling quite so much to, to vocalize things but I think that's just because the time has come gentlemen to stand up and be counted um, so, just to give you a little bit about me, uh, to come back to my story about my son, uh, I, you know, would get angry or whatever, I would shout at him, tell him off, whatever, then the next day I would go in and I would apologise for it. And one day he um, he said to me, uh, you know, he'd, he'd rather I just didn't get angry than coming in and apologising because he felt the apologies were worthless. And I said to him, I said, yes, but to me the apologies matter because... I, uh, my father died when I was quite young and um, my mother was very um, very old school in terms of the way she thought about things and she was one of these people who believed that um, you know you just, you just get on with things you know you don't don't mess around don't namby pamby anything like that any of these kind of horrible phrases just get on with it so um, whenever she had a, 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 a moment where a temper was raised or whatever or something was said or something horrible turned out whatever the hell it was and um, she would never apologize if she was in the wrong because she wasn't in the wrong because she was the mother she was the head of the household so it mattered to me that if I overstepped a line that I showed to my son that I'd overstepped a line even though I'm the father in the household and it's you know there's the expectation on me to uh, give him discipline and what have you uh, I mean there was a, a comment it's kind of like a disposable comment in an episode of Men Behaving Badly uh, from, from some time ago it's a funny little comedy series here in the UK uh, and um, sort of from the 90s very much of its time in terms of uh, references and what have you but there's a line in it where um, one of the guys is looking after his nephew and he's explaining to the nephew that in a relationship there always has to be a funny one and a policeman um, and in the case of this guy telling the story to his nephew, the policeman was his girlfriend because she was the one who came in and she was the fun sponge and she stopped them enjoying themselves and she made them focus on what needed to be done, basically running the household, this, that and the other. Well, in our family, 
Um, we, I'd, I'd already spoken to my wife about this when our son was born and basically we, we made a few agreements. Um, one of the agreements we made that I thought was quite important was we agreed that, that um, and, and by the way, this podcast isn't going to be about bringing up your children. This is about discussing men's problems, men's mental health. Um, but uh, we, discussed, we discussed early on that if one of the parents was angry about something with the child, that the other parent wouldn't then go behind the backs and say everything was okay. We would just say, no, you got told off. You stepped over the line. You got told off. End of chat. We are solidarity. Um, and I think that was quite important for my son when he was growing up because uh, I think it gave him clear boundaries. There weren't any kind of ambiguities about whether that was okay or that wasn't okay. Um, but me coming in the next day and apologising for my outburst was not me apologising and telling him that I thought I was wrong and he was right. It's me apologising for the way in which I did it because I would feel bad about having shouted at him or told him off or whatever it is I've said because I tend to go from zero to 25 to 50 to 75 to 100. That's genuinely... A, I've, I've got like... Um, I'm kind of known for three strikes and you're out policy insofar as if I've asked you to do something three times by the third time I've got every right to be angry that you still haven't done it simple things like can you bring the washing basket downstairs and it'll start like that can you bring the washing basket downstairs please just to help out in the house and then it'll be like and can, the washing basket can you bring it down and then uh, I've asked you about the washing basket where is it and it's like you get off your ass, bring the washing basket downstairs now I've asked you three times get it done that's the kind of level um, and sometimes you get to that point in their eyes a little too quickly. So those were the sorts of things that I was kind of dealing with and I was trying to teach my son that it's okay to be upset, it's okay to have your emotions, it's okay to be angry, but it's not okay to not talk about them. Um, and he would often say things like, oh, I feel this or I feel that. And I think I've done a great job there. And I kind of wished that someone had allowed me a forum to talk like that. I guarantee you, if I was to ask my mother, then she's sadly passed, but if I was guarantee you, if I was to ask my mother why she wouldn't talk to me about the problems I was going through, she'd have said something along the lines to me like, well, you never spoke about it. And that's probably true, because at the time, the last person I would have wanted to speak to about anything I was going through would have been my mother. But ironically, the only person I could have spoken to about anything I was going through would have been my mother. And... Um, but the thing is, it was a generational thing because my mother was quite old when she had us. Um, so, the, so the things that we were going through, she had no concept of. Uh, and in much the same way, the stuff that my son is going through, I've got no concept of. I was never bullied online. I was bullied in the playground. Um, and that bullying was never physical. Um, I have explained this before in various other places, not on this podcast, so you won't have heard it. These are stories I'm retelling. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was bullied on the playground for being fat, and that's fine because, you know, I am fat. I can't fix that. Um, so when people bully you, you know, you, you either have a fight or flight mechanism. Some people go introverted and what have you. Uh, and it's kind of, it's one of these where I think I developed a very sort of, very quick sense of humour about that sort of thing because there's not a lot you can do. When you're overweight, you can't just tomorrow just, you know, not be overweight it doesn't happen whereas if, if you go into school and someone takes the piss out of you for the way you look you know like you've got mad hair or you've got dirty shoes or whatever you can clean your shoes and comb your hair done so tomorrow you don't look the same but when you're overweight no and i tell you something else about weight gain people just in case you haven't figured it out yet really easy to gain weight but it's super super difficult to lose it the two years i was on slimming world i was as disciplined as possible 
I wouldn't allow anything beyond my lips that shouldn't have been there. And I did have moments where I cracked, and that's fine. And I learned a lot about myself during that weight loss um, stint. But what's really frustrated me just the other day is my wife asked me uh, how much weight I lost, and I told her, and then I did the sums because I said I went from this weight to this weight, um, and then I thought, well, yeah, I was that weight, and now I'm this weight again. I was like, oh, great, I've managed to gain 80% of what I've lost I've gained in the 12 years since. So that was that's anger-inducing. Oh, sorry, 10 years since. Um, that's anger-inducing, so, you know, but... Um, so the, so the, the reason behind the podcast was basically just to get that thought process out there. Um, for example... I genuinely don't believe I have a solid enough definition of what depression is for me to genuinely understand whether or not I've had it. Because I can't tell. I don't know what the benchmarks are. I mean, I, I kind of have a very logical brain. I work in IT. Uh, I've got a, a sort of, I, I do lots of problem solving. I spot, I spot flaws, bottlenecks, issues, fix them and resolve them. So at work, I've, that's my job. I fix all these problems. But I was talking to someone about uh, depression uh, and basically I found myself saying, I'm not sure if I've ever had it. I'm, I'm sure I've had moments where I've felt low. I'm sure I've had moments where someone said to me, are you happy? And I kind of go, I'm not sad. Do you know what I mean? I'm, it's not that I'm, I don't necessarily feel happy, but I just don't feel sad. So I think, is that it? Is that, is that my, is that where I get to? Is that my level? Is that what I'm allowed to reach? Um, and I quantify that or further explain it I should say by um, I don't think I've ever had flu and I don't think I've ever had a migraine because I get headaches in the eye sometimes but I'm not as debilitated by them like other people are so I find that when I get a headache and it's behind the eye and I just take a tablet and have a lie down or whatever um, I think for me that's just a headache but I may very well have had migraines. But when I talk to people about the fact I'm not sure if I've had a migraine, you get the standard response. Oh, you'd know if you had one. But why would I know? How would I know I've had a migraine if I don't know what a migraine feels like? Your migraine might feel very different to my migraine. And it's the same with flu. I don't think I've ever had flu. But people always say to me, oh, you'd know if you had flu. But what if my genetic composition doesn't allow me to be affected by flu the same way it affects you? I've never been bedridden with a cold or a flu in my life. But that could just be because I've got a super constitution so that when the flu hits me, it doesn't debilitate me. I might be lucky. I might be lucky that I've never been that badly hit by flu. But that leads me on to one of my absolute pet hates which is man flu. The fact that people have quantified this men feeling ill, and when men feel ill and we complain about being ill, it's going, oh, God, I just don't feel very well, I feel snotty and whatever. As soon as we complain about feeling ill, our illness is then no longer legitimate. Our illness is just, oh, they're just complaining, they've got a cold, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Women give birth to babies, we don't complain as much as men do when they're ill. But here's the thing, what if... When we're ill, our ability to hold in our emotions is equally affected. Let's say that our emotions is a, is a wall. Um, and when we're ill, the, the, the wall that's holding all the emotions and everything, that just, that, maybe wall's not a good analogy. I'll try and think of a better analogy. But basically what happened, what I'm imagining is, is that the, it, the gates are open because we can no longer hold them shut. When we're fully healthy, yeah, big wall, but with a, with a pair of gates. And we have our backs to the gates all the time. 
holding our emotions in. Just holding them into this nice little holding pen. And when we're ill and we don't feel well, we slip, we slide, the gates open and our feelings and emotions pour out. And as soon as we do, as soon as that happens, we're told immediately, oh man, come on, it's just man flu, there's nothing wrong with you. Get over yourself. Stop, you know, stop malingering, stop doing this, that and the other. And you just think, well, no, I'm doing exactly what I should be doing. I'm opening my heart, I'm telling you what's going on and I want you to understand and not mock it. Um, and that's the problem. That's, I think, the whole issue around man blues and that's why... I had the idea for this podcast because I want to, I've got specific topics I want to pick on, so over the next few episodes I'm going to be picking on some of those topics. I'm also going to be trying to invite people on to talk about their feelings and what they're going through with their man blues, because I will guarantee you every single man has it. They may not be able to vocalise it, but they all have it. Um, so hopefully you'll enjoy this. Um, I've tried not to ramble too much on this uh, on this first episode, but there you go. I'm going to try to keep them to approximately 20 minutes, because you know, unless we've got guests on where it might um, end up in a longer conversation but we shall see um, but for now let's leave it at this I'm Leon Deggs and you have been listening to Man Blues thank you thank you